talking about video games. Yeah! Hello everyone and welcome back to the DocuCon Artist Podcast. Honestly, I should be saying welcome back to myself and to my wonderful co-hosts Evan Arnold and Colin Codega because we took a little bit of a break to resort some audio issues and also for me to go through another cold. Yay, 2018 has been fun. Uh, how are you guys doing? I hope you're not as sick as I have been. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I don't get sick. I, I'm a healthy young boy over here. I don't get sick. I don't, I don't think I've been sick all year, but I'm doing well. Glad to Eddie, see you back from the dead. Thank you. Eddie eats his vegetables, and he is a very strapping young man. Unlike Colin Codega, who lives exclusively on Hot Pockets. Is that not I was going to say, no, I've actually branched out into Taco Bell lately. Um, yeah, no. I'm, Bell! Yeah, you know, talk about some health food. But no, think, things are going, you know, doing well. Uh, definitely have not been sick, so my health is pretty good. I did go camping, and it was really hot out. So, Colin, I'm you're outside. I'm happy to be inside and play playing video games again. It's nice that one of you is going outside. That makes me happy. Hey, I went outside two days this week. Whoa. Two days. Look at you. Like Paul Bunyan or some other type of outdoor guys. I don't know outdoor people. What I do know is that Epic Games is making eight gajillion bajillion dollars. Uh, in a more realistic report with actual numbers that are not made up off the top of my head, Fortnite earned $318 million in the month of May. In May, it made $318 million. And if you think that's a really good month, also know that the month before, they made $296 million in one month for a free game. Just let that sink in and wonder what it is doing to the industry at large. It is amazing the amount of money this is making. I mean, it's it's incredible. And the, the funny thing to think about, too, is that this doesn't even include the Switch launch that happened on June 12th. Because I've actually been playing Fortnite a ton lately. And uh, it's yeah, no, it's actually I'm having a really good time with it, but it's incredible the amount of money they're generating. And this doesn't even count switch, which people who played on other systems are jumping in and playing on switch as well. So it's pretty incredible. So let me ask a question, because I don't know how this this business plan is is functioning at all how are they making money if the game is free is it strictly through these battle passes it's, it's battle passes and just like skins and uh customization so but all these people that are spending all this money strict are strictly paying for customization option or or the battle pass which is basically you're saying hey for and the smart thing is it's not like uh dlc with call of duty or something where you know you're kind of buying it up front you slowly get stuff over um the entire year this is just you're buying a battle pass for the season it's 10 weeks and you unlock challenges as different XP challenges and boosts. And that's how you get different cosmetics that um, it, if you're leveling up without the pass, you don't level up as quick and you miss out on a ton of cosmetics. So that's how they get that's how they get people uh, dishing out money. Fascinating. Let me just let me just point something out because I feel like we live in an outrage to outrage culture where we live through an outrage. We move on and we never bring up that outrage ever again. And it drives me crazy. Last year, not even an entire year ago. Everyone lost their mind because of the loot crate issue that was going on in Star Wars Battlefront 2. Thank you very much. I just got tea delivered to me. That's the type of life that I live. Oh, look at you. Mr. T guy. Anyway, so everyone lost their mind less than a year ago over this game because they were charging people. And to be fair, a lot of it could have been seen as gambling or a pay to win type of situation. However, the point that I want to point out and the thing that we've talked about many times on this podcast and is the talk of video game business in general right now 
is that the business has changed and this is the way it's done. And nobody is talking crap about Fortnite because they are the top dog in this industry. We have found out now that it is okay to charge people microtransactions all the time, a model that has been in mobile gaming since pretty much the start. And now it is bleeding over into actual gaming and it's being proven to be the most profitable model you could possibly ever use. So not only is it here, it has arrived, but it is going to be the future trend for a long time. And yet we all lost our minds less than a year ago for a very, very similar thing in a different game. See, I, w- I would bring up the main difference with it, though, is one, I think the Star Wars IP in itself is setting yourself up to deal with fanboys and people getting really upset that they can't play Darth Vader right off the bat, that they have to. Oh, those people know, who bullied an actress offline. Those people? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like those people. And in on top of that, I think the, the model of Fortnite is set up to succeed a lot more because it's all um, seasonal, like cosmetics and skins and everything are timed. So it's all about playing in that moment to get the newest thing. But they constantly release new stuff. They're constantly tweaking the game, which Battlefront, what they went for is just, hey, we're going to put up this huge paywall, give us money. And they haven't added that much to the game beyond that. And just to add in, Fortnite doesn't charge you that $60 for the base game and Battlefront does. So when you have something like that, when you have gamers that go out and pay $60 or $80 for the dum-dums that paid for the um, <laughs> deluxe edition for whatever for whatever reason you want to do that, um, yeah, it's, it stings because you pay the $80, you think you get all this stuff included, but it's still not included. So Fortnite doesn't really do that type of thing. I'm not a Fortnite fan. I will never, ever, ever support Fortnite. But I think that's why it's a little bit more forgiving for Fortnite um, to have this type of egregious system. Because I, I, I agree with you, Pat. The battle pass is disgusting. Um, like, and, <laughs> Were those my words? No, no. Those weren't your words. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, taking some liberties. Taking but... liberties with your words. But still, it's it's just I see what you're, I see your point. Because people absolutely bash Battlefront for doing the same thing. And Fortnite's doing the same, same thing. They're just not charging that $60. And Colin's two reasons but, I kind of agree with. <laughs> but those are secondary. It is a good point, though. I I was in a meeting the other day with a, an older higher-up at my company, a man who does not play video games is a way to put it. And he asked me, why this game? Like, what is about this game that is driving this fervor? And uh, the easiest way for me to still it down was that somebody finally found a way to make a game that's free. That's also doesn't feel free when you play it, I guess is the best way that I can think of it. Because I pick up this game and I played, you know, decent free games before. uh, But you always knew that it was a free game. It wasn't like other games. This doesn't feel this feels like something I would pay 10, 20 dollars for if I was going to pick up Fortnite. And then the social aspect around it makes it even better. And it it runs flawlessly. It's a really, it's a well-made game, frankly. And it's quick. I've like I've been watching Colin play, and it's kind of yeah, it's funny because he'll just like he'll be getting the game, he'll die. I'll like go do something, and then I'll come back, and he's like, "Oh, I played like two or three games since then." Which I was a huge fan of PUBG um, when it came out, but this is what I think is making Fortnite stick a little bit better for me, is because I don't have the time to play all the time. And so it's great that I can drop in and I love it on the switch because now I have it as a secondary screen so I can watch the giants and, you know, and watch baseball. That's a little bit slower sport and play some Fortnite while I do it. So I, I think the, the switch has really sold me on Fortnite. Yeah. It's sort of the, <clears throat> the, the perfect marriage of that. Cause it feels, I mean, it's already on mobile, right? We already have Fortnite on mobile. 
but to have it on a console mobile, like a mobile console, it's it's the perfect thing. And I'm also I already have it on my PlayStation. I was thinking of just downloading on my Switch again because why Dude, not? Dude, we should yeah, we should play. Um, because it's yeah, it's quick to download. The thing is, there's uh, you won't be able to play. I have it on PlayStation. Yet to create a new Epic. Yeah, account. you won't be able to play because Sony doesn't want you playing uh Fortnite on Nintendo Switch if you've already owned it for Sony. I had this written down to bring this up because I find this entire thing very funny. Um, that everyone is so pissed off about this, and it's just like, really? Yes, <laughs> like, it's like if, what, if was, people weren't expecting this. But I, I haven't, I haven't spent a single dollar on it on PlayStation Four, and it's just like, all right, I'll download it on Switch, and but, I did buy. But the there's a lot of people, a lot of people that have spent a lot of money and a lot of time putting into that uh, in, onto PlayStation that wanted to switch over the Switch and keep playing it on PlayStation. Well, I, I mean, it's more convenient on the Switch. And a lot of people are talking about that sure. they like it on the Switch. And a lot of PlayStation players are yeah. heavily playing their Switch right now. I don't know. We're getting to this weird point where we feel, well, we're not getting there. We've always been like this, I guess. But, like, Sony doesn't owe you anything. And, it, frankly, it's a smarter business decision for them not to do it. At least it was until everyone started having such backlash against it. And Microsoft has nothing to lose because they've already lost this cycle. They're they're done. They're they could not do anything in the life cycle of this current console generation that would do anything to put them on the map. So they might as well offer crossplay. Well, they're just latching on the Nintendo right now for dear life. Pretty much, but uh, yeah, and yeah, Ubisoft. Well, Ubisoft doesn't need to latch on to Nintendo, but they're doing the same thing. It's it's a mutual, it's mutually beneficial. It's like those little fish that clean sharks' mouths. <laughs> the little feeders and, just riding riding the shark's belly. Yeah, in this scenario, I guess Nintendo would be the shark. I would think like. A, it's, a tiger it, shark. I, yeah, it's. I mean, it's so strange. I, I never thought I'd see a day where Nintendo was like actively working with like third party, like Ubisoft, like big studios to to lend them their IP and for like uh, Mario Rabbids, and then them also like you know working on getting cross uh, platform functionality for a online um, battlegrounds game. Like that is so not the strategy of the Wii U Nintendo. Like they definitely are in a new. Um, space and i think that's why they've been they've been able to rebound that in the switch and i think they're just, they're just making a lot of uh kind of different decisions from uh what they've done in the past i think it, I, i'm just gonna say they're making every right business decision that you can make from all the mistakes that you've made over like the last what 10 years in their cycles because i mean the Wii was successful but the Wii, you know it, it was the Wii. and then what did you have after the Wii? the wii u was <laughs> absolute, you know it was an absolute disaster so they've learned from their mistakes and they you know they've acted on it Microsoft is insane to me because they didn't make any mistakes in the 360 generation and they made all the wrong business decisions. And I, I just can't, and I know we bash Microsoft a lot, but I just cannot wrap my <laughs> mind around it. Um, and now I just feel like, I, I, I honestly think Nintendo's doing this so we can, we'll see Master Chief and Super Smash Bros. one day. This, I don't get the business plan around crossplay either. Like, what's the big deal? Well, that's what I'm trying to say, right? Is like, why? If I was Sony and I was dominating, why would I bother doing that? Why would I? Why would I give anything to anybody else when I've already mastered them? Like, I don't gain. Anything and you're not going to see a Halo on a Nintendo, and you're not going to see a Mario, um, a Super Mario on a Microsoft uh, device. So I'm like, I don't understand what's. I want to play with my friends. All my friends own all the systems. So like, I don't. Maybe if I'm younger. Maybe if you're kids and you have like a kid has an Xbox. And one wants to play with his friend with a Switch. And we're a little older, so I mean, I mean, most of my, most of my friends own multiple systems. But I'm, I'm like, right. 
If you're a real gamer, you'll have multiple systems. And maybe, I mean, maybe that's the strategy, though, is that Microsoft knows they don't have the first-party titles coming in, so they're trying to get all the good PR they can. They Who knows what um, future, you know, crossovers could happen because of this. Not true. And why not bet on this? Get good. Get Be like, hey, you know what? That, that Sony over there... You're the one. Get good. Yeah. Get good. <laughs> I mean, no, it's it's one of those things, you know, they, they're probably just assuming Sony's out there looking like the bad guy. Let's sit here and allow people to play a free to play game that they're just going to spend money on and just play on both systems. Like, I, I think it's a good approach. That's, that's exactly what it is. It's straight up politics, dude. That's exactly what it is. You're losing. <clears throat> the best thing you can do is to get a good PR push. And it worked. And that's what drives me crazy about it. It's like everyone forgot that like owning an Xbox One is basically owning an expensive paperweight at this point because every game that's good on Xbox One also is on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 4 has all these other games yeah, that aren't on Xbox. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's not fanboying. Like and anyone who says that is an idiot. Like it's just, it's just blatantly obvious. Like why would I own an Xbox One? If it doesn't have the games that PlayStation has, and PlayStation also has the games, no, you should that only you, only people should only be owning like a PlayStation Four and a Nintendo Switch right now. And if you have to buy a system right now, frankly, you yeah. should probably buy a Nintendo Switch right now. Um, I, I just, yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I, I would like to also point out that, and you said it earlier, is that the Xbox 360 was a fantastically run system, and it beat the PlayStation 3. So it's not like Microsoft, it, they just flip-flopped, and the same thing was happening last cycle that nobody seems to remember, is that Microsoft was shutting down cross-play, and people were getting upset at Microsoft when Sony was offering cross-play. And it, of course they were, because they were losing. That's what a loser does. Yeah, no, so that that's absolutely... It's, it's just... It's, yeah, no, it's, it's straight up politics and that's, they're going to, Microsoft's going to play the game. And what it comes down to is that they lost sight of what made the 360 work. And it was because it was just made for gamers. Um, Sony, I feel like they went a little bit more of like the Blu-ray Ray, uh, route and being like, this is an entertainment console. Then Xbox One, it was like, hey, sync your cable, do all this stuff. It's a home entertainment system, not video games. And they still haven't recovered because of that. So I think they've kind of just been like, you know what? Let's get all the good PR we can and then focus on the next set of uh, generation of machines. They're already working on the next system. They already admitted defeat. They're like, we're done. Like like Phil Spencer at 83 was already like, oh, you know what? We're working on our new system. So they're already admitting defeat. They're done. They're done. That was an amazing Phil Spencer impression. It's like in in the room with us. (laughs) I know. I was freaking out. Hey, I'm, I'm Phil, I'm Phil Spencer. No, I look behind my shoulder in the room. I was freaking out. I was like, oh, Phil's here. He's there. <laughs> Not again. Honestly, though, what else is he supposed to do? It's the right move. I, I'm not mad at anybody in this situation, nor would I be because I don't care about these billion-dollar corporations. But what else are you going to do if you're Microsoft? Like, you might as well you do put this. put out a halo on this generation. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's too late. Right? She's facing the E3 trailer, for God's sake. You make a master movie. Yeah, no, I'm just being sarcastic. I literally don't know what you do. Like, I, I literally do not know what you do. You just pray that Crackdown 3 does well. What else do they have cooking? What was, I don't what know. Was it know. It's crazy cooking? if you think Crackdown 3 is going to be... Uh, Tunic. War? Nothing. Oh, no. Tunic was a Microsoft exclusive launch launch window exclusive. Tunic, Tunic is another Cuphead. It will probably be a really great, awesome indie game that will not sell any consoles. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, and it's a timed exclusive. So I think it's, it's not a timed like exclusive. A, okay. It's going to come out on PlayStation at some point. Oh, okay. Well, then um, I think the uh, the From Software game, I can't think of the name right now. Uh, uh, Age of Sekiro or Sekiro something or other. Sekiro Blade. Saki, Saki. Yeah, the From Blades. Software game. 
that game. Twelve. I know. Uh, yeah, the, I know what game you're talking trailer. about. Pretty trailer. I can't think of it off the top of my head. If only we had I know. If only I could Google this right now. I think Colin's on it. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking. <laughs> I, I could. I have a, like two screens right in front of me, but I'm like, I don't Google know. like the That's wind. That's how enthusiastic I am about the Microsoft Xbox right now. Sekiro uh, Shadows Die Twice. Okay, so that yeah. That, that looks so decent, close. but that's not going to sell the consoles. I said sucky, sucky, blady blades. Twelve when I was. I, hey, I would I'd be, play that. If I was you, I would. Uh, I would patent that name right now. Someone's going to steal that idea. That's probably been released by this week. Sounds like a horrible porno. It's probably in the in the <laughs> Nintendo eShop right now. <laughs> it's buried somewhere, eighty pages deep. Have you guys been to the Nintendo eShop? It's looking a lot like the Steam uh, uh, page right now. There's just a lot of crap in there right now. A lot of Neo Geo games I've never oh, heard of. Yeah. It's, it's, you know. Hey, they made yeah, Little Soldier. They can true. make whatever they want. Before yeah, yeah, yeah. you, like, I like Fortnite made a lot of money, but, I like, Pokemon Go, in your article, you talk about generated $104 million in May. I was Isn't on a amazing? date today. I, I just wanted to shout that out because I, I wanted you to know Woo! that. Whoa! Thank you. Thank you. I was on a date today. Don't gloss there over are... that. When was what? the last time you had a date? Uh, when was the last time you had a date? Like, Sorry, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just genuinely year, curious. I think. I think a year from Woo! this month. Dates are hard, man. I turned twenty nine. All my online apps just like exploded, but that's the t- that's the tale for another. So yes, time. ladies, he is single. Yes, ladies, call me up. I'm, I'm on. Ooh, I'm on the hotline for now. They call me the oh. Black Drake. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, and I saw kids playing Pokemon wow. the other day. Wow, I said it. But in the but wild, yes, I saw kids. I, we, I we both like made a comment to it. I was like, she asked, "Are those kids playing Pokemon Go?" And I said, "Yeah." She's like, "Isn't that two years ago?" I was like, "Yeah." And she was like amazed. She was amazed. So I was like, Pokemon Go is still going. It's still going. I'm happy about it. It's not just still going. It's up 100 and what was 174% year over year from last year in the revenue so, they produced. Pokemon, Why? let's go Pikachu. Right? But these numbers are from May. And that's what's confusing to me because I want to know that announcement wasn't made until June. Yeah. Correct. It wasn't until June. So is it. Is it because weather's better? Because school is out. Why in 2018 as opposed to 2017 is that number so much higher? Why is the, why the interest in I po- think it's the Pokemon, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. I think all the Pokemon that you catch in Pokemon Go transfers over to that uh, to your game over there. It does, and I think a lot of people are clamoring for a Pokemon Go game or a Pokemon game in general, and they don't care how crappy it is. They're gonna play it because let's be honest, that Pokemon Pikachu Pokemon Let's Go Eevee does not look thrilling at all. Uh, I played that game, and that little Pokeball like accessory is the coolest thing I've ever used in my life. So, did you enjoy the game though? I don't remember the game. I do remember throwing a ball at a caterpillar's head and thinking it was. It's not a real Pokemon in my life. So, it's just Pokemon when, battles, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I, what is a real Pokemon experience? Like go through four years of university and like smoke weed in a dorm room with Ash. <laughs> that was my Pokemon experience. Uh, what I, was I, yours? I play that. A man is mind opening, bro. But you know, going out into the wild, like catching different Pokemon, battling them, leveling them up. I think all that's been removed. It's just about you taking these. Po- I, I mean, I'm like maybe wrong because I have not read anything about this game. So <laughs> I think I think it's like it's it's blending Pokemon Go and it's like two experiences that you can still play on like Switch. It's like a watered down version, but I think you still move around a character and stuff like that. Okay. Like, okay, I don't know. I think right now what people are excited you about do. is uh, they just introduced trading finally. 
in Pokemon Go, so people are actually like being able to trade their Pokemon. So I, I know a lot of people were getting back into it and like gearing up for that, I guess. But and I'm assuming since it's a free to play game, you probably have to use some sort of stupid currency called shards or <laughs> or or charcoins or like tears of Pikachu, and you use those to do trades. So I bet you money they get you that way after you do a couple trades. It's like, oh, this meter needs to refill before you can do another one or pay. That is exactly what it is. that's the case <laughs> again. Why wouldn't you? That's a stupid business not to do that. Yeah, well, no, I mean, people, it just like with Fortnite, what we're talking about, people are willing to spend, um, they're willing to spend um, digitally now, where they're definitely, people are okay with not getting anything physical and just downloading. It's a yeah, regular Pokemon experience, Pokemon. except you don't battle the wild Pokemon that you catch. You just throw the Pokeball at them. Yeah, and, and you store lock them, them up like cage. slaves. So um, <laughs> I guess, I don't want to play that. What? It's Pokemon. Uh, it's the exact yeah. same as every uh, other It's Pokemon. a gimmick to sell that Pokeball to me. That's like $80, I heard. That Pokeball is pretty sweet, though. When you catch a Pokemon and you shake it by your ear, you can hear the Pokemon inside of the ball. Let Did me it out. cry? Beat me. There's no windows. <laughs> I'm hungry. That sounds terrifying. That sounds terrifying. So, uh, se- so yeah, essentially, the bond that you um, get with your Pokemon is uh, Stockholm Syndrome. That's all that is. <laughs> hey, I'm just more thinking. I'm more Pretty thinking much, this yeah. uh, as a child, uh, you know, a, a parenting technique. You know, you tell your kid, be like, hey, you hear little Evie in there? <laughs> you act up. You act up and you're going in there too. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, my That'd God. great. I'm so on Pokemon. Let's go a Pikachu for that reason. I'm going to buy it so I can say my students, like, tick, 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 kids. Like, hey, Ash Ketchum, going to catch them all. Isn't it amazing that Pokemon, which came out in 1996, yeah, it's still a huge, huge property. It's been around for 22 years now, and it's still, with kids, it's still the coolest thing. It's not like the adults now are the fans of Pokemon, even though there are a lot of those people, and I don't like them. But it's also the kids. I, I, it's I still was kids looking at Pokemon. those kids today. They were teenagers, right? And I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, you know what? We would have probably been playing a lot of Pokemon Go at that age, too, because we were doing a lot of wandering around. Because what do teenagers do? They just wander. So I'm thinking about all those times. They smoke yeah. weed oh. and they walk. And those oh are my like god! Two things to enjoy. Our Pokemon. Group of friends in high school running around the Hilton, which is now the Grand Sierra Casino floor, trying to catch Pokemon and running and screaming. That that would be exactly what we do at age yeah, sixteen. Exactly. Except these kids Catching were walking weekends. very early. They're very pleasant. We would have been like kicking down <laughs> kicking people. Out trash cans. We would have been like doing front flips, trying to jump down the stairs, catching Pokemon. Yeah, I mean, you can catch Pokemon like a chump, or you can catch it like a pro, yeah. and that involves <laughs> exactly. knocking people Freestyle over. Freestyle running while catching Pokemon, baby. I don't condone violence. I'm just saying that if you want to catch a wild rat, <laughs> I don't know any Pokemon, I'm sorry. Ratatat, you were there. You were close. Ratatat. <laughs> I was close. The only one I know is Ekans because it's snake backwards. And he's a snake, yeah, so, you know. That's pretty cool. Pretty easy to remember. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's making money still. I, I, I can't believe it. Mobile games are doing well. They're not just doing well. I mean, like, they're they're burying everything else. It's a global revenue for video games is $9.1 billion in the month of May. $9.1 billion across the world, video games alone. No industry in terms of media and in terms of entertainment, maybe social media, but movies don't come close. Music doesn't come close. Television doesn't come close. It is amazing the revenue that games make. And almost all of that is driven by these little tiny transactions of like 99 cents to $10. Right, right. Those casino games, I can't tell you how many times if I'm at the airport, I've been traveling a bit or if you know I'm at a restaurant just seeing people on their phone or iPad playing like slot machine games. It's like yeah. little simple 
I, and people are willing to just like, oh yeah, what's I already, my mom, have my, I already have my card attached to my phone right. or my, like, why not spend five bucks? Why my mom is always on Candy Crush still yeah. to this day. My mom, I like, we'll look over at my, and when I'm at home, I'll look over, my mom's always playing Candy Crush to this day. My mom plays the hell, my mom, my mom Crush? loves match three puzzle games. That's where I like get it from. Cause we used to play them growing up on my Nintendo. You lo- like Bubble Bobble. My mom used to sit down and play Bubble Bobble with me for hours. Um, so I, I don't know. It was just, she likes those type of like puzzle, puzzle type games. So thank you for getting the bubble bobble song stuck in my head now. My bad. But yeah, it's just, it just blows my mind. And like, especially with Fortnite, it's just like, and we're only getting like a few <coughs> games release that are making this amount of revenue. You know what I mean? Like, and it's kind of crazy that no one else is doing this. Like no other, like you said, no other media outlet is they're, really they're doing this. Like movies aren't doing this. Television's not doing this. These are virtual reality worlds that are basically in you know they're basically for kids so i mean a lot of it comes down to i think we've talked about this a lot but the bang for your buck you know a free-to-play game is a kid who doesn't have any money but you have a mobile phone or you know you have a a video game system you don't have to get your parents to take you to the store or nowadays like you know get the approval to make a purchase on a digital download you can just download that thing for free and play and it's what your friends are all talking about very true yeah and you better be sure that if I was a studio head of a Hollywood studio or anybody in Hollywood and I was watching this happen, I would be like, how in the world do I translate that business model into what we make? And I would not be surprised we're going to start seeing some weird combination of this stuff starting happening in Hollywood and in movies and in what television. Exactly? And you're kind of already what seeing like streaming like? services. I'm just curious. I'm wondering. I'm one. I don't know. Off the top of my head, I can't think of like a good analog between the two, but it will happen if this keeps happening because there is no way these people are letting billions of dollars sit there without trying to crack into it. It's happening right now. I guarantee if you walked into one of these meetings. So when do you guys think we'll see the first AAA studio like adapt this Fortnite style, like release a free game and then like just charge for cosmetic? Do you think we'll ever see a AAA studio do it? Uh, I Yeah, I think it's, I mean, they're, they definitely have to be planning it, but it's, one, you have to have the capital. So you have to be a huge studio because mm-hmm. Epic Games has the money to make something <clears> like this. Because like PUBG, one of the reasons well, people still love it, but it's not getting as much play. One, because it's not free to play. And two, it's buggy as hell because it was made off of, you know, a mod from DayZ. So this was actually made by a huge studio. So I think that the studio size is a huge thing. And and also just getting a concept that looks good and runs smooth and oh, people yeah. want to play. So it's a roll of the dice to just yeah. go free to play as a big studio right now still. Can we just say what you just said too? I mean, not only did Epic Games make something when they knew what they were doing because Epic Games has been around for a long time. Yeah. They made it on the engine that they created that is like the industry standard. So I mean, like they don't just know, they well, know. You know, they, they stole PUBG's idea. I mean, they stole the Battle Royale. We have to, we have to, and we, I I know I, I, I don't care. Who cares? I, don't, I don't give a shit. Who cares? <laughs> but I'm just Transformers got tweaked by GoBots. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, they did. We we can't just act like Fortnite came and just reinvented the wheel because that game that they created that was dying. Um, that their original thirty dollar game that they were creating, where it was a um shooting, killing off waves of a oh army. oh the actual like you, save the yeah, world the actual, version of Fortnite. That thing was dying so the fact that they came around and they're just like you know what this is the hottest trend right now we're gonna adapt it there's no copyright on it america and then they just put it out and it's doing extremely well good for them good for them yeah but 
Yeah, so yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying and like tweaking somebody else's idea, but no one cares about that, especially in the long one when you look back, because we don't that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who came up with it first, it matters who implemented it the right way and it struck and made it happen in the the way that resonated. Like uh, history is full of things like that, right? Like somebody comes up like what impact and uh Armageddon came out in the same year. That's a bad example because both those movies suck. But there's tons of things like that, you know. And one is remembered as the real one and the other one. And this is too mean to PUBG, a game I haven't even played and that a lot of people like. But one is sort of, you know, the the one that's going to get forgotten, yeah. frankly. I mean, yeah. 10 years from now, you'll be like, oh, yeah, PUBG was the thing. Whereas Fortnite will be like, oh, yeah, Fortnite. And Fortnite's so yeah, PUBG, you, you know, they're the Fortnite. pioneers, so give them credit. But, you know, you just didn't. You didn't make a product good enough to captivate yeah. the world like Fortnite did, so you're just gonna have to eat it. Yeah, and they're still trying. And that's just out. they're they're starting yeah, to roll that's just up like it's Battle Pass or something <laughs> exactly like it. So they're they're trying to figure it out. But yeah, I think you know it's just the the distance that Epic Games has now. And, and Blue Point actually dropped their lawsuit against them for stealing the mode because it's it's just like the first studio to come up with team deathmatch, like, you know, they can't yeah. sue call of duty right, right now because right. everyone uses it. It's just who does it best. Right. How do you, how do you steal a mode? Should Mario sue every single player? Yeah, that's true. For doing, yeah, that's very true. Like, like should it, Tetris it sue every puzzle game? Sense, yeah, right? that's absolutely true. You're right. <clears throat> Look, I mean, the thing is, <laughs> these things are making crazy, crazy money. They're going to continue to, and I, they will start influencing not just AAA game studios, but all media across the board. If it keeps making this type of money, you, you make, over $300 million in one month off of something that's been out for months and months and months. They've made, they're going to make over a billion dollars before we get to like September from this one game. It's madness. But lost in all of that is the fact that, and regardless of whatever your thoughts are on this game, I mean, Detroit Become Human sold over 291,000 units. Uh, before that, the the month before, God of War was a bestseller and sold over a million units in its first three days. There are still lots and lots and lots of people yeah, who still do. want single player. That's games. why I think all those people saying, "My bad, Colin." Um, oh, no, I, that's why I think all those people that saying single player games are absolutely foolish because people are still clamoring for it. Yeah, no, and I think it's it's video games are so Wait, accessible I, now that you can have the all those experiences and it's great because i can get my god of war and that's going to be the one game i focus on for you know a few weeks and then in between when there's not a game of the moment i'm really trying to jump into it's like you know i can kill some time with fortnite or you know play one of those games where it's less like story focused and it's more like jump in and just have fun yeah yeah we're really getting to a point where like when somebody asked you it's not going to be a question of do you like video games that would be like walking up to somebody being like do you like music be like yeah everyone in the world likes music it's more like, what video game do you like? What type of music do you like? Is that type of conversation? Because it has become so pervasive. And yet, somehow, it is still this stigmatized thing where people are talking about because of Fortnite. <laughs> oh, video game addiction, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. 20 hours and a week. Whatever. Like, sure. Yeah, whatever. You can be too into anything, really. But, I mean, this isn't anything new. It's the same thing over and over again. At what point does this stop being a fringe it's not a fringe thing already. When do we stop treating it like a fringe thing? And this is a conversation we've had a million times and then I scream at people on the street as I'm walking down it. But it's just, it's madness to me. I don't understand why this particular media is still looked at like this redheaded stepchild. Uh, Can you say that anymore, by the way? Is that a super offensive thing eh, to say? No, I think you're good. I think you're good on that one. Oh, no, it's it's going to be really interesting. I'm excited for the 
partnership between Telltale and Netflix because I think the more and more you get a blend of the two in media, it's going to open up people. But I mean, I was hearing from uh, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the personalities in video games I follow that are in media um, for E3. And a lot of them were saying they would go up and talk to people about games. And especially when they're talking to PR people that don't make the games, they would like be chatting. They're like, oh, you're, you're a gamer? Like kind of like being sh- shocked. So there still is that for people who work in these large companies. They just don't play the games themselves. And even for your random like everyday person, I, there's still a stigma that video games are for children and that people that play video games are very immature. Um, I still see it in a vast majority of people. That's why I... I Video games make a lot of money, but I wonder if video game people that play video games are vocal about it. Because I just I, I don't see the same. Uh, I don't see people my age really like. And I don't know if you guys can touch on it. Like you, maybe you're in different industries. Maybe it's because I'm an educator and just, people just don't play games. But I just don't see people my age or older really clamoring over video games. It's all very very still stigmatized. Like even when I tell people that I play. They look at me like I'm crazy. I think it's a, I think it's your your industry because I definitely in working in um, working in tech and like customer service, just working with a lot of um, young people, kind of mm. in our age group or younger. I feel like video games. It's funny. I almost hear. I think a lot has changed in the last recent years. Where I'll talk to people and find out where people are willing to like make jokes about like, oh yeah, like seven or eight years ago, I had a phase where for a year I like didn't leave my house and played WoW. And it'd be people you would totally not guess that they were addicted to WoW and played it every single day. So it is really interesting where I feel like people are more open to talk about it, but there's still a way to go with um, the baby boomer generation, I think. is a huge part. And even 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 younger. People in their 30s? Like mid to late 30s, 40s? Are they like still open to it or is it just like a millennial thing? I I think it's predominantly millennial, but I think there is pockets of people that are more willing to say they're gamers that are older. Also, I think a lot of the media that I have to call out a lot of the media and people I follow and stuff is all kind of people that enjoy the the video game industry as a whole. So I think that's why I kind of expose myself to a lot of people that Mm, I I don't expose myself. Actually, I mean, it's evident. I mean, I'm, I'm treading a thin line. I'm not talking, I'm not talking nonsense about any other publication, but when you have people like Forbes and variety and like, who else did I see? Like GM and the Hollywood reporter, like start writing about video games when it was basically like, think about the publications we used to pick up that used to like write about video games back in the day. It was game informer, Games EGM. It was uh, like Nintendo Power. Nintendo Power. It was Game Pro. Oh, oh, Nintendo Power really? has a podcast now, and it's pretty sweet. So I have to check yeah, that out. Yeah, we'll check it out. Check that out. Friends, um, but yeah, like I was saying, like you see all these publications <clears throat> that would never cover video games, never, ever, ever, ever. And now you have like their their video games are on their front page next to like their stories about Uma Thurman. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't recognize you. The first like celebrity that popped in my mind for some reason. I mean, yeah, it's when, it, when no, we were talking about right before the show, we're like, hey, let's let's talk into Fortnite. I typed in Fortnite on Google, doing a little research, and Forbes, had the, one of the top news articles is about them previewing the leak of what the season four battle pass will be and what the, the level ups and customization will be. Like, that's insane. That was a Forbes article. Oh, it had nothing to do with money. It was about what the battle pass <clears throat> Let me speak to this as somebody who's in it in a weird position because I'm literally the people that you're talking about right now. Um, when I was at E3, which has everyone at it, so every major video game publication is obviously going to be there. 
but then also people from other things that are just kind of, you know, there to pick up on it. Cause it's a big convention. Same thing if you went to like a big car show or whatever it is in Los Angeles. And then people trying to break into this industry uh, that are more established outlets. Uh, the group of people I was hanging out with when I was at E3 primarily were a bunch of guys who used to work at a uh, game informer and then no longer work there. And then, oh, GameSpot, I'm sorry, I misspoke. Uh, and then a woman who is now a freelancer for a lot of different places, but she was there under the banner of the New York Times. And so for me and her, it was sort of one of those, we're allowed in, but we're outsider type of thing, just based on our outlets. And that makes it sound like we weren't welcome, but it was actually the complete opposite of that from almost everyone there. Because for a lot of these video game places, it's exactly what you just said, Eddie. They're used to – Game Informer is going to write about them no matter what. So is GameSpot. So is Polygon. So is Kotaku. They already have that audience. They have it. What we represent is a much different audience that games doesn't have yet. And I don't understand why it doesn't have it already and why I am a pioneer in this in something that I feel like I'm actually way behind the curve on. And it is insane to me that I'm given the access I am just because of – I mean, it's not. It's like that when you work for a big publication. I understand it. But when you're running around with the New York Times, and I'm not trying to equate THR with the New York Times, even though THR is great. Uh, but when you have that combined power, you get into a lot of places and people treat you differently because of how big the publication is behind it. But particularly so when you're at a place where they want that type of thing and you represent this entire untapped source that they haven't gotten to yet. It's a really strange experience of what's going on right now in video game journalism, and it's not going to last for much longer. And to be on the inside of it and be on the um, like the front lines of it or whatever it is, it's it's funny to see the way that people interact, not just publicists, but also the other journalists that I meet from more established video game publications. So it is it's a different time. Things are changing and it's going to change very rapidly. Like you said, Variety's getting into it. THR is now covering games. All these trades that were traditional Hollywood and these Variety and THR have been around for almost 100 years covering Hollywood. And now they're getting into video games. And like that, that is a big move. And a lot of people in the industry are noticing that, you know, so it's just games are here and they're going to stay for a long time. We all know that. But finally, some of these older people in power are finally now now they want. What? Sorry, that was a rant. It's crazy to think, yeah, like, if you exactly would have told me when I was a little kid reading comic books and stuff that it would be, like, pretty soon I would be able to, like, turn go to Twitter, you know, just, like, go and find any video on theories on the Avengers and all this stuff in popular media sites. It's pretty incredible. And have it be serious discussions, too, not, like, not poppy fanboys talking about it. Like, people actually it, who have the sources talking about this stuff. Like, Does that hurt it, do you think? I it depends who you ask, frankly. Well, let me uh, again, let me just give my two cents on this again, because I'm in a bizarre position to talk about these things. Uh, THR, in my opinion, is the leader on this stuff, mostly because of my buddy Aaron Couch and because of the guy who started the Heat Vision blog at THR, Boris Kitt, who I mean, Boris Kitt is like the scooper of all casting in Hollywood. He's like the dude for that type of stuff. And so he lends a legitimacy to this thing that used to be this fringe, uh, like nerd culture, frankly, it was like this thing that was looked down on with like comic book movies and everything, but he believed in it and he built it up to what it is now. And now it's the thing in Hollywood, which is like, you know, the, the most pretentious group of like, we're the most important media in the world type of people. So if you ask the people who were there before that, they might say like, Oh, well now it's like, it's lame. It's gone corporate, I guess. Right. Like it's sold out. 
but it's also reaching a much bigger audience and now it has the legitimacy that it didn't have before. What used to be in this little hole in San Diego is now I, I guess to see the positives because it. it lowers the stigma, you know, for people like me that have been like it, like in this in video games for a long time, like I, I, I see the benefits, but I, I guess my my biggest concern that I have is just like when you have and I love the heat vision, I love everything you guys do. When you have these big um, I almost said corporations. When we have these publications covering these things, does it give leeway for people to get enraged when things don't go their way? For example, Star Wars, The Last Jedi. People are so angry. I'm not going to have the debate. But people are so angry about that movie that they run Kelly Marie Tran off of social media. So, like, do you – and my, my, I guess my big question is, and we, we probably can't answer it today, but – do you do we see that type of anger and do we see that type of fervor, bef- like if it's not, if it's still kind of underground? I don't I don't think so. If I was going to go on Twitter and be like McDonald's sucks, like screw McDonald's, like no one's going to care. If I went on Twitter and like the little mom and pop shop down the street, I was like screw this place, don't eat there. It's it means a lot more because it's personal as opposed to lobbing crap at this massive monolithic corporation that's faceless right? oh no, no no it's good it's not yeah, but it, it feels like it is i'm sorry Colin, not, I one interesting thing to to go a little <clears throat> bit less extreme with like the people who are like just awful human beings and have to go on social media it's no, harder to extreme. just like a crappy movie now like i mean i know i personally there's so many junk movies i like but i feel like i don't give myself the ability and the chance to like some of those weird like one of my all-time favorite movies is deep blue sea and i know that's not a cinematic <laughs> piece of just like you know, a masterpiece. It's a crappy, campy movie, and I love it. If that came out today, a similar movie, I'm way less likely to watch that because I can read every review within two seconds. So I think that that's kind of an interesting. Oh, I, I mean, if it's a shark movie, then, I'm right? going to see it. But you know, say it's not. A, say it's about a scary raptor. Like I'm not going to go. That that's an interesting point that you bring up because I and I want to flip it around to games because I wonder. Are people not getting to experience that, you know, that bad game experience that we got to experience back in the day where the game is bad, but there's like something in it that's so good that it makes the game good. Like I'm, I I like to plug this game every week, but Alpha Protocol, that game, it was lambasted by critics, like lambasted, but there was only like four or five critics back when that game came out reviewing this game. If it had like everybody bashing it, would people pick it up? Like Detroit Becoming Human is a good, it's a modern example where you have critics that were kind of like on both ends of that game. And I could see people like probably missing out on that rather than experience it for themselves. It's like when you have so many influencers trying to make an opinion on something and it influences you so much to not pick up the game. I'm just wondering if we have so many hands in the pot now it's, and it's just ruining the overall product. If that makes any sense. It does. And I don't know. I mean, it's a philosophical question. Like how do you answer that? It's, it's, for you personally, but I agree with you. It's, <clears throat> I remember really crappy games that I knew were crappy that I loved. Same with movies, you know, and I still do. I don't care that they suck. They, they didn't suck to me. And uh, I don't know. It worries me with a lot of it, just social media in general. Uh, when do you stop thinking for yourself? It's easy to get caught up in a movement, particularly when it's people that you like and you respect. And a lot of people share an opinion, uh, to go your own way. <laughs> this is, La, la, like this la. Rah, rah, like cheerleader talk, but to go your own way, right? 
It, it is. It's hard. It's hard to have your own opinion and to have it openly is a hard thing to do as well. Uh, yeah, you don't I, have I, to have it openly either. If you want to play those games, play those games. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, I, just I, I do think it's a legitimate concern. I understand what you're saying. Popping in. We're having a good conversation today. Um, it, but it's just, it's just something that I often think about. Like, I wonder how different the games industry, and it's going to, like you said, Pat, it's just going to get bigger. We're going to see, we're going to see more publications cover these things. We're going to see like Cosmo, Cosmopolitan covering games soon. We're going to see like team, whatever those GQ. We're going to see all these people. Cover video. I mean, we, we just are, it's just the way that it's going. It's, it's if it's making this much money, it's just, I just see it just, it's bubbling over. It's just completely bubbling over. Yeah. I'll do one more plug because I feel like plugging stuff to our very small listener base. But GQ already covers games, not exclusively, but I mean they do a little bit of coverage, and they're great. And I like some of the guys over there. Gotta check them out too. Getting a whole bunch, getting a whole bunch of recommendations tonight. Lots of stuff, lots of content, as they say in the biz. Yeah, make sure you subscribe. No, that was uh, yeah. It's it's an interesting uh, era. I'm I'm definitely. It's a great. I think this is the best time to play video games. And one uh, positive I will say, since we're getting philosophical. I love the fact that I can read early build reviews. I can read reviews on games because um, when I was a kid, I had time to just play games endlessly. And now I don't have that ability. So it is great where I can, you know, go to people that I know I align my taste with and I can kind of get a recommendation for it from them. So there are a lot of positives there. So I thought I'd throw that out. Hmm. What a time to be alive and playing games. And also to steal games from other developers. And I wanted to touch on this because I played this game and it's awesome and this really pissed me off. But <laughs> if anybody doesn't know... Fight it. Fight uh, it. <clears throat> sorry, I still am fighting this thing. Uh, there's a game <laughs> There's a game coming up called Donut County. Uh, and it's by a uh, developer. His name is Ben Esposito. It is uh, produced by Annapurna Games. Uh, Annapurna Interactive, I think is what the actual company name is. Who are awesome by the way, all they make is these amazing indie games. They also make incredible movies, but they've made fantastic games and they have some good ones coming out called Outer Wilds is another good one. Donut County is a really charming, super weird, goofy game, which is hilarious, where you play basically a hole that just eats things. And every time you swallow something, your hole gets a little bit bigger. Uh, Apparently somebody else thought this game was awesome because they stole the idea and then put it on the app store uh screwing over ben esposito a little bit and so he went online to take issue with it uh this isn't exactly a sadly not a rare occurrence maybe it's might be rare but it's not an only time this has happened this does happen these little mobile games rip off games and it's probably easier to do it to somebody like ben esposito than it would be to do it to a bigger company because he doesn't have the name behind him that somebody like Epic Games does have. But I did want to address this because I did like this game and I thought it was unique. Yeah, it's and lame it's, it looks like it made it free to play similar to what Fortnite did. But um, it, I guess the developer that stole it, the, uh, right. app, the game on the App Store, I'm not even going to say the name of it because I don't even want people to even download it. But it's by Voodoo.io and they've done games like Ridiculous Fishing and Desert Golfing. And it's, it's number one on the free app charts this week. And I think Polygon reported on this six days ago, and it was number one then. Um, so, yeah, I, this is tricky. It, it's tricky because one one thing I'll, I'll throw out there that he originally, from what I've like read, is Ben Esposito originally demoed the game back in, in 2012. So people had seen the concept. It just – it seems – slimy but then also just we were just talking about the whole 
game mode of like where where's the line drawn? I, I know, and it's like it's hard to like <laughs> right after we were talking about Fortnite for PUBG. Ben. Um, when Fortnite essentially did the same thing, but I guess the big difference is Ben's game hasn't been released yet, and these guys kind of got to jump on him and release it as like a very cheap app store game. So I guess that's very sleazy if you want to think about it. it I mean, it's a sleazy business practice. But there's no parameters set in the gaming industry to prevent this type of thing from happening. So it's like, <sighs> man, you're right. I'm being a hypocrite, kind of, aren't I? It's it's I was hard just because it's an indie. Saying all that stuff about Fortnite, I didn't even think about that. Crap. Yeah, I know, I understand, but I mean, like, it, it's like you said, like, where do you draw the line? Then, like, I mean, like, yeah, it does make it harder. But again, so what? It's not like people work in these corporations it, too. You know, and it's the yeah. interesting it layer as well to throw out is these that the game idea was actually originates from Twitter from a fake Peter Molyneux um, Twitter account that was a parody account that would tweet out fake game ideas that sound wacky out there. And so that's what it originated from. This is essentially another Fortnite situation, that except on a very smaller scale because <coughs> PUBG came from a Daisy mod. It's essentially like the same thing from this Peter Molyneux, um, like whatever it was. What was it? What was it like a like a, a parody account. a parody account so it's like someone modeled that a mock twitter someone account. heard about that i i think the biggest difference is just like this app store like just jumped the gun well in the the good thing i can say and the reason why we probably think uh this doesn't worry me too much just for the fact uh pat you're saying you played the demo and it's really fun and i have to assume this number one app game it's it sounds slimy i'm not gonna play it i would rather just support um, you know, support Donut County and, and play that to experience a game like this. Because people are saying, yeah, it's like a reverse Katamari. <laughs> it's that's exactly uh, what I was going to draw that comparison, yeah. And it has the same type Katamari. of style. It's releasing for the iOS, though. Yeah, which is another... coming out for the Switch. That is super slimy. Okay. It's, it is coming to It's coming to Mac right? and PC, yeah. Um, it doesn't look like it's coming for PlayStation 4 or Xbox. No, I think it is PlayStation 4. And... and if it's on um, PC, wouldn't it be like, is it the Microsoft PC? Like how you can play it both on Xbox and Microsoft, I wonder, but. Oh, you're right. Okay. It's coming out for PS4. Okay. Oh, it says PC mobile and PS4 is what I'm finding. You okay. Okay. So yeah. All right. So I guess that's the big thing is he's probably going to make console, money from, so. um, you know, the consoles. And I don't think this whole aisle game is going to, oh, I just said the name of the fucking game. Um, the whole aisle game is. I don't think it's going to be on any console. So I guess he has that, but it's, it's still, it's a sleazy thing, but <coughs> man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Cause we, then we'd have to bash on Fortnite for doing the same thing. You're right. And it's like, I don't want to be a hypocrite. So I can understand that. I, I can think both, I think. And I think, I think I could think it's a sleazy thing to do, but I can also, oh, it's business and there aren't any legal statutes so far, as far as we know, unless the, a lawsuit comes up and they lose that this is something that you can't do. I I just know that I liked this game and I was blown away by the charm of it and I like seeing games like this with like unique gameplay aspects to it. Well done, by the way. Um, so it was just it was personally a little annoying to me because it was a game that I had my on my radar and I was going to tell people about. And then yeah, this it, yeah it's <laughs> this is not the capacity it, in which it I want to talk about. And, and I agree with you, Pat, because when I saw the game first revealed at E3, I think a year ago, I was like, "Give me this game." Is it at which this game was supposed to be released this year? I wonder where it is. Um, I was like, "Give me this game." So it 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 sucks. It's an unfortunate situation. I hate to see that happen to Ben Espinito, but 
hopefully the proof is in the pudding and he has the better game and people will go out and support that. And I, I have a feeling that's the way it's going to play out, especially with the mobile market. It's what's the hot game right now. Who knows next week yeah. if yeah. this game is completely buried in the, the charts. And I, and I looked at whole IO. I'm going to say it again. I, whatever I said it, I, I looked at whole IO on the app store. It looks like garbage. So if you're going to go play this free garbage game, go game. ahead and play your garbage. We just know that you're a garbage person. <laughs> Way to take a stance. Yeah, stance. Go wait for Donut County. Pay the money. <laughs> guy made Donut County, dude. I don't know how many yeah. people are behind this. This like uh, whatever this crap studio is. This mobile studio is. But just go support Donut County. Quit supporting nonsense. And he made it on the side while he was working on another game. It's insane. Like, it's dude. yeah. Support creative people doing cool shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I always say. Except for the times when I don't. Uh, we are running a little long in a tooth. So unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap this up because this has been a really awesome conversation this week. And I miss you guys so much. And I'm so happy to be recording again. But um, Ooh, because I, I have a lot of games right now, I want to do a little round of what are you Mario playing? Tennis Aces, which is the best tennis game, but the worst game released this year. I don't, it's yes. hard to explain. It's like the tennis game is phenomenal. I'm having so much fun playing it. I'm playing this game all the time. But around that game, around the like tennis game, it is crap. There is nothing in that game. It is a good adventure mode. I will give it that. But other than that, the tournament mode is broken. There's no doubles that I can play with my friends. I got this game and I thought I could play. I was so upset when I got this game on the and my best one of my best friends got it. Um, he had the, he had a baby, beautiful baby, beautiful family. He got a switch. He was so excited. Got it for his first Father's Day. He calls me. He's like, man, we're going to get on these doubles. We're going to run these courts. I was like, yes, I got home. We were like spending all night trying to figure this out. All night trying to figure this out. And they didn't even have the infrastructure set up so that you could play doubles online. Like Nintendo. And it might change when they have the paid Nintendo online service in, in a couple of months. That might like completely shift the game. But man, oh man, I have never been so fulfilled with a game but so disappointed at the same time. It is it's a crazy feeling. But yes, I played that and check out our YouTube channel because I have a uh, playthrough video of Captain Spirit. That was just a phenomenal little experience. Um, I, I like you can ask Colin. I was just so enamored by it. I could not stop talking about it. I just it's probably going to be in my top 10 of the end of the year. And it's free, right? It's free. It is like you can play it in one sitting. It's like a three hour game. It wow. is phenomenal. Wow. The writing is so good. I loved it. From the people that made Life is Strange. Yeah, right? people that made Life is Strange, Don't Not Entertainment, who also made M- Vampire, which I'm slowly making my way through. That's actually pretty good. Well, then there so, you go. Nice. Yes, that's what I'm playing. What, what are you playing, Pat? Oh, well, all right, I'll go. Um, playing, is that the right word? Failing is a better word. I'm playing the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, which just came out on the Switch. <coughs> Dude, this game is so hard. I have almost broken my Switch. This is sad and depressing. I'm on I'm a almost a 30 year old man. And I have screamed at this game. Like it is putting a strain on my soon to be marriage because it is so difficult. It is the hardest game I've ever played in my life. And I played the original one and it's harder somehow now. And frankly, this kind of annoys me. It is gorgeous what they did with this remaster and it's still fun and it still feels like Crash Bandicoot. They didn't fix the hitboxes and frankly, they're so bad that it's kind of insulting that they didn't put work into these hitboxes. Yeah. They are atrociously bad. How does it feel playing it um, on a Switch as opposed to playing that it on said, a PlayStation? When you're I've a been kid? enjoying it. 
I thought I would love it on the Switch because I, you know, I wanted to think of it as like a second screen experience because it's Crash Bandicoot. <clears throat> uh, it's really yeah, hard I, for I, me to play I on that controller. I've had to actually not even imagine so playing Crash Bandicoot that's not on a PlayStation controller. <laughs> I, I, I want to thank uh, uh, Naughty Dog for putting Crash Bandicoot in Uncharted 4 because that was the first time I played it in a long time. And I was like, oh, this gameplay is just it's like it's hard and you just smash boxes and eat fruit or something like that. I was like, not, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I've never been crazy into Crash Bandicoot, so I probably uh, shouldn't weigh in too much. Well, yeah, that sounds sounds like a blast. Well, if you like peaches, failure, that's then cool. you'll love Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, lots of people. Um, yeah, so right now I'm just playing Fortnite, jumped yeah. in on Switch this Apples. last week, and yeah. uh, I don't know if everyone is just like 10 years old on the Switch, and that is why I'm winning, but I've won several times. I won three times two nights straight playing solo, so... Yeah, I've heard it's, I, it's been hilarious. I've just heard like random, yeah, oh, yeah, it's probably coming from his room. I'm like, oh, he must have won another game. Yeah, no, so, and I don't even know how to build yet. So, but no, I'm going to, I'm going to be playing that. Also some Mario Tennis as well. Um, I have a wedding that I will be attending this week and I may have some downtime kind of with traveling and everything. So probably get on some Mario. Lots and lots of games out right now and. Lots it's of harder and harder, I swear. Other things going on that take on. my time. Have responsibilities. I don't have <laughs> anything, so I play games all day. Yeah, well, you know, and you're in love. Yeah, maybe so I'll just quit my job. Too, so. <laughs> oh, look, hey, it's Happy Guy Eddie over here again. Just ending the podcast on a positive note. Oh, yeah, don't that, fall in love, play video games, children. <laughs> love just dies. And that's the message that we want everyone to take away from our podcast. And as always, thank you very much for listening to us. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on our website, DonkeyConArtist.com. We just hired a new writer. We yeah, have it's going to get a lot more serious. Also, there. make sure you check out our YouTube channel. There's going to be some videos come, posted on a weekly basis. Come watch me play Captain Spirit. Come watch me and Pat <laughs> have a lot of fun playing the crew, too. I'm going to try to get you guys to play more games with me so you can hear our commentary while we're playing games. But yeah, we got a lot of exciting stuff. So thank you for your support, everybody. We appreciate it.